Hi, y'all. This is Carrie D. from Coffee with Carrie. Welcome to Season 2 of Coffee with Carrie podcast. It's such a privilege to do this adventure we call homeschooling with you. Thank you for tuning in again and walking this homeschooling journey with us. If you're new to us, you can find us on Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. I think you'll be encouraged. You know, if life gives you lemons, we make lemonade, right? But if life gives you melons, then you might just be dyslexic. I'm just going to let that sit there for a minute. You know, if you have a dyslexic kid or you yourself are dyslexic, you know life has given you some lemons. But you've probably already figured out that when your dyslexic kid thinks, he's usually able to turn those lemons into melons. Okay, I'm going to let that sit there for a minute. If you don't get it, trust me, it'll hit you mid-podcast. Or when you see the meme, you'll get it right away. I'm sorry for the bad jokes, y'all, but you know parenting requires a sense of humor. But if you have a child at home who finds schoolwork very challenging, or you have a late bloomer who's constantly frustrated, then you also know that you definitely can't do this homeschooling thing without a sense of humor. I mean, homeschooling a dyslexic kid without a sense of humor is like being an accountant who stinks at math. Okay, another bad joke. But y'all, if we can't laugh at ourselves and all the mistakes that we've made and all the mistakes that we're going to make, we're not going to survive this. I mean, there are some days that I literally laughed till I cried. And some days I cried until my son made me laugh hysterically because of all of his shenanigans, his insights, his stories, and even some of his mispronunciations. Did you know that an octopus has eight tentacles? Unless your brain sees the N as an S. In that case, you have one odd-looking octopus with body parts you never thought you'd see on an octopus. Again, I'm just going to let that sit there for a minute. You'll get it in a second. Wow. Okay, that was one really long intro for this week's podcast. But if you haven't figured it out by the title of the podcast or from my really, really bad jokes, this week's podcast is about dispelling another I can't homeschool because myth. And I do get very long-winded in this podcast, so it is longer than most, but this topic is so very near and dear to my heart. This week, I want to dig a little deeper into the myth, I can't homeschool because my child is dyslexic, or I can't homeschool because he or she has a learning disability. First, let me just say that my youngest, who's now an adult, is dyslexic and has dysgraphia. This means, well, he thinks differently. He's a horrible speller. (laughs) He uses his computer a lot for writing. And his time management skills, mm, they stink. But it also means he's a fabulous storyteller, has surprisingly phenomenal eye-hand coordination, sees the big picture, and has awesome spatial problem-solving skills, is a true innovator and entrepreneur, can solve algebra word problems in his head, is extremely funny, and his interpersonal skills are quite impressive. 
So you see, dyslexia is not a disability. And by the way, I hate that term, learning disability. Kids with dyslexia and visual or auditory processing issues, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, or ADHD, they don't have a disability. They just learn in a different way. Dyslexia is a learning difference, not a learning disability. Their brain is just wired differently. They see and hear things differently than we do. Kids with these learning differences are very intelligent, and they're gifted in many other ways. You know, research has shown that although dyslexia makes up about 20% of the overall population, about 50% of entrepreneurs are dyslexic. Dare I say, dyslexia and other learning differences are actually gifts. This shift in perspective will change everything. Now, I'm not going to lie. Joe hates his learning differences. He spent the majority of his childhood feeling stupid and dumb. Not my words, his words. He's not thrilled that this is a challenge that he will need to face every day in almost every circumstance during his adult life. But with acceptance came a different outlook. He learned how to study in a way that makes sense for him. He learned how to advocate for himself. He learned not to be ashamed. He learned how to let others know about his challenges. And most importantly, he learned how to help others who have the same challenges. When he and I shifted our perspective, literally everything changed. So what helped us make this shift from dyslexia being a learning difference to maybe even being a gift? Well, three powerful books, one awesome website, and a one can't live without instruction method. Now, if your child is dyslexic or you have a gut feeling that he might be, get your hands on three particular books. One's called The Dyslexic Advantage. The other one is called The Gift of Dyslexia. And the third one is Dyslexia is My Superpower. Now, the first two can be read by you and by your teen. The last one is actually written for kids with dyslexia. It's a graphic novel, and they also use the dyslexic font in it. Then subscribe to the website Homeschooling with Dyslexia. It's full of encouragement and all kinds of resources. And I'm going to talk more about the teaching strategies and curriculum that I think work best a little bit later in the podcast. Now, it's been quite a journey with my son, but one that I would not trade for anything. Through Joe's gift of dyslexia, we've seen God work in miraculous ways. We've seen God's glory shine through Joe's struggles, his challenges, and his triumphs. We've learned how to rely on God for everything because there were just so many things that we had absolutely no control over. I mean, it is what it is. We prayed, we worked hard, we changed course when needed, and we leaned on God. And then we waited and watched to see how and when God would work all things out for his glory. Now, don't listen to the naysayers or those quote-unquote so-called experts. If you have a child with a learning difference, or a child with dyslexia, or a child with learning challenges, you can homeschool. You can do this. First, let me give you some encouragement, and then I'll share some of the things that Joe and I found to be helpful over the years. 
Now, first, homeschooling a child with dyslexia or a learning difference is doable. It can get challenging, but it's so beyond rewarding. When you homeschool a child with learning differences, especially a child with dyslexia, you need to take things day by day, sometimes even hour by hour or minute by minute. I tell Joe all the time that this will be part of his testimony one day. He will be able to share with others how God worked through him and his challenges, and he will be able to bless others who share his struggles with personal experiences and with stories of how God helped him overcome his challenges. I mean, Joe is a walking testimony of God's goodness, grace, and power. Knowing that God is ultimately in control, knowing God knew all of Joe's learning differences beforehand, and knowing that God has a good and perfect plan for Joe's life has helped me get through the hard years, the sleepless nights, and the crying meltdowns, both Joe's and mine. Now, second, there's no better place for your child learning differences to be than at home with you. There were so many days that I felt like a failure. Days that I felt like I was only making things worse for him. And I have to admit, on those days and in desperation, I would look into traditional school and traditional programs for him. Now, I shared the story in a previous podcast, but I wanted to share it again in case you missed it. When my husband and I looked into IEP services for Joe, and we briefly explored putting Joe into traditional schools so that those so-called experts could help him, it was kind of funny what they offered. We were told that Joe would get one-on-one tutoring a few times a week. Well, my husband looked at me and said, isn't Joe already getting that with you? Then they said they would send him to special ed classes during the day so he could do his homework with, you know, the expert teachers. And then in high school, he would get an extra study hall so he could work on his homework. Again, my husband looked at me and said, doesn't Joe already have extra time to get his work done at home? Then they also told us that um, he would get extra time for his tests and assignments if he needed it. You guessed it. My husband looked at me again and said, don't you already do this? They told us that Joe could use technology like his laptop or a calculator when he was writing essays and doing math and later algebra. Yep, you guessed it. Already doing this because he was homeschooled. They told us he wouldn't be able to leave the room when he got antsy, but he could use some kind of fidget tool during class to help him with extra energy and to help him concentrate. During one of these conversations, I literally laughed out loud. I didn't mean to, but the conversation was so absurd. By homeschooling Joe from birth to graduation, he was already getting all of these quote-unquote accommodations and so much more. Like my husband said, he was already getting one-on-one tutoring every day, all day long. I mean, we homeschooled. The student-teacher ratio in our school was two to one. The lessons and curriculum were already tailored to his needs. He could work at his own pace in reading, writing, and math. We already took our time with reading exercises and lessons, and we moved extremely fast in math because Joe was advanced and above grade level in that area. Because we homeschooled, we were able to do reading and writing at a lower level while doing math at a much higher level. We could speed up or slow down anytime Joe needed it. 
We didn't have to be on a certain page by a certain day. And because we homeschooled, Joe was already getting extra time on tests and assignments when he needed it. He was already using technology to assist him with his dysgraphia and with his spelling issues. And because Joe was homeschooled, we instinctively gave him accommodations that traditional schools just would never be able to give him. Joe could take a break whenever he needed it. He could go hit on a tee or practice his karate katas when he felt like his brain was about to explode. He could toss a ball or ride a scooter when he did math facts or spelling words. He could build with his Legos or draw when we read or did history stuff. He could stand, lie down, sit on his bed, or hang from a tree while doing his schoolwork. He could be outside or inside or in the car while memorizing lines, listening to a book, or dictating an essay. Because he was homeschooled, he could get up and get a snack or take a bathroom break whenever he needed it. Little did I know, but we were already giving him all of the accommodations a school would give him, and so much more. Because I was his mom and knew him inside and out and was with him for his big breakthrough aha moments and those heartbreaking pitfalls, I knew when he needed a break, when he was getting frustrated. I knew when he just needed a little extra push or a word of encouragement or when he just needed to stop altogether and try it again later. I didn't need an expert to tell me all these things. I was already an expert on my kid. I wasn't trained in teaching techniques or research on what works best for kids with dyslexia, but I was able to research the stuff on my own thanks to Google and YouTube. I was able to use my mom instincts, and I was certainly able to tap into the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to figure it out and to help Joe. Being home is the best place for kids with learning differences because home is the most supportive and encouraging environment there is for a child. And as for homeschoolers, we have the flexibility to tailor our child's education. Trust me, you won't ruin your child if you homeschool him. Okay, now that you're standing in your superhero stance and feeling a bit more confident in your ability to teach your child with learning differences, let's talk practical day-to-day how-to stuff. Okay, first and most importantly, Take a deep breath. Start and end every day with prayer. Lean on God 100% of the time. Before you consult Google or before you consult your homeschooling friend or call your mom or an expert, consult with God first. It's amazing how many doors God opened and how many ideas God gave me after pouring my heart out in prayer. With your child, start every lesson in prayer. Let your child hear you pray for wisdom, for understanding, for patience, and for insight. All right, next, slow down. Give your kids time. Time to play, time to think, and time to learn at their own pace. Don't push them and don't rush them. Most dyslexic kids hate to be rushed anyway. They usually need extra time to chew on new ideas or to think about creative solutions. And trust me, it will be time well spent. You will be amazed at the things they come up with. And there's no need to, quote unquote, stay on grade level. Every child learns differently and at their own pace. So there's no need to get stuck on the, he's not reading at fifth grade reading level yet. He'll catch up and he'll catch up in his own time. He won't get to college or start his first job at a first grade reading level. 
Give them time and slow down the pace and the curriculum if you need to. It's really okay. Then, teach your student with curriculum and methods that work best for dyslexic kids. Now, the best methods for students with reading challenges is using a phonetic approach. The best ones out there are the Barton Method, All About Reading and All About Spelling, and Resources and Services by Linda Moodbell. Now, these methods may seem tedious, but trust me, they work. We personally used the Barton Reading Method and Spelling System, and we did all nine levels. The letter tiles were a lifesaver. The easy reading and spelling rule cards were just right. The daily exercises and lessons were short and sweet, and the pacing was perfect. After using this method for just one year, Joe moved up three reading levels. By the time he finished it, he was at a comfortable reading level and could read independently with little or no frustration. Now, I'm not going to say that my boy enjoys reading. He still doesn't, but he does love a good story. He reads when he has to, and he understands what he reads. However, many dyslexic kids become avid readers and read for enjoyment. That's just not my kid, but hey, it might be your child one day. Then, teach your dyslexic student at his or her level, even if he or she is reading at first grade level and in fifth grade. I mean, who cares where you start? Who cares how long or short it takes your child to get to a certain level? No college or job application ever asks, what grade were you in when you learned to read? It doesn't matter when they started to read. It just matters that they can. Your child will learn to read. They may not find it super enjoyable all the time. They may struggle with certain kinds of texts, even in adulthood, but we all have our challenges and reading preferences, right? It really doesn't matter, so teach at their level, whatever that level is. It's progress we're looking for, not perfection. It is also important to teach them consistently. Most kids need lots and lots of practice, but dyslexic kids, kids with learning differences and kids who struggle with schoolwork or working memory issues, they need tons and tons of practice and tons and tons of repetition. So plan to review, review, and review some more. Now, we didn't do year-round school because this mama, I needed a summer break, but I did sneak in a few math or reading things every week during our summer break. You know the expression, one step forward, two steps back, right? Well, this applies to your dyslexic kid. When you take a few weeks off with a dyslexic kid, it will feel like you're literally starting over when you get back to concepts or skills that he or she mastered or almost mastered before you took the break. With struggling readers or kids who find math super confusing, it can feel like you're taking one step forward and 10 steps back if you take too much of a break. So make sure you plan for lots of review and lots of practice throughout the year. And when you do take some much needed time off, just plan little review days or, acti or activities. Or better yet, plan regular days off during the year so you don't need a huge break during the summer. We call these days our ditch days. There were some mornings that my son would wake up and I could just tell 
it was going to be a bad day. We started calling him his fuzzy days. He always had this certain look in his eye on those days. And in the early years, I would just push forward and hope that the day would get better. But that never happened. They actually always got worse. I then learned how to read his moods. So on those fuzzy days, I could just call it a day before we even got started. We would do Bible and family devotions, and then we would go and do something non-academic for the day. It might have been going to a museum or to the zoo, which in actuality is pretty academic, but, or sometimes we would go to the beach or the park or on a hike or do something where Joe shined, like we'd go to the skate park or we would go bowl or he would go to the batting cage or he would draw or he would work on his solo for an upcoming musical. We just did things that he shined at and were his strengths instead of working on his weaknesses and the things that frustrated him on those fuzzy days. We would do something that didn't make him feel, in his words, stupid. When I allowed for these ditch days, I noticed we didn't need to take them as much as we did in the beginning. I also noticed he remembered things better after we took those ditch days. And as he got older, he would let me know when we started schoolwork if it was going to be one of those days. <laughs> he was able to monitor his thinking and he could detect the warning signs of his fuzzy days. Now, another important thing to do is let your kiddos move a lot in the morning, especially before they start doing schoolwork. Jump on a trampoline, let them ride a scooter or a bike, have them run around the backyard or kick a soccer ball around. Encourage your dyslexic child to get outside before schoolwork begins every morning. We noticed a pattern over the years, and it really did help when we did this. And besides, exercise has been proven to help with academic achievement. Now, you also want to allow plenty of time for your kids to pursue their interests and to work on their strengths. Even though we moms stress out that our struggling students aren't reading well, or they aren't doing enough math, or their spelling just gets worse instead of better, it's so important that we don't spend all or most of our time focusing on their weaknesses. Our kiddos' success does not hinge on whether they take algebra in high school, or if they can write a five-paragraph essay, or if they can memorize all the spelling rules in the English language. God created them with a plan, plans to prosper, not to harm them, plans to give them a hope and a future. These plans might include algebra and chemistry or a degree in literature, but they may not. Chances are God's plans for them will include using their many gifts and talents to do mighty work in the kingdom of God. We need to focus on those things and just make sure that they're proficient, maybe, in the other stuff. So make sure you give your child with learning differences lots of time to pursue their interests, to use their gifts, and to hone in those strengths. Now, another important thing to do is to keep a routine. And I can't stress this enough. Consistency is so very helpful. Now, a schedule with exact times can be very stressful for both you and your dyslexic student. However, a general routine is extremely helpful. 
Not only is a general and consistent routine helpful with improving their executive functioning skills and their working memory issues, but it also helps both of you to balance work with fun and to maintain the daily review and practice that's needed in some of their challenging areas. Now, another obvious suggestion is to do as much as you can verbally. Book discussions, audiobooks, oral testing. If they can share with you in words what they know, you'll have a far better understanding of what they understand or what they still need help with. If they can dictate their thoughts orally to you or to a computer, you will also get essays that are way more organized and full of insight and great vocabulary than if you require them to physically write everything. And finally, if or when you do need some extra help, don't be afraid to call in tutors or a specialist to help. Your son might need some remediation or maybe some eye therapy. Your daughter might need OT or speech therapy. You will need a break too, <laughs> so it's okay to call in some help so you can have a break every now and then. Teaching and mothering a child with learning differences can get overwhelming. You will need some time too, where you're not completely and totally in charge of a lesson to be taught or a skill to be mastered. God will provide what is needed when it's needed. You just have to ask, wait patiently, and be open to the many different ways that God is answering your prayers. Oftentimes, God gave me exactly what I needed or what Joe needed, but in a way completely counter to what I prayed for and what I asked for. So don't use the excuse, I can't homeschool because my child is dyslexic, or I can't homeschool because he has some kind of learning difference. Instead, I want you to pray wholeheartedly Daniel 2, verses 21 through 22. God gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals the deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. Sometimes we just need God to reveal to us the hidden within our children. Sometimes we just need God to reveal to our child what's hidden in them and to make it real and known to them. I prayed Daniel 2.21 over Joe his entire sixth grade year. And boy, did the Lord reveal many things that year. He revealed to us how Joe thinks and how he learns. And he opened Joe's eyes to ways that he could attack his schoolwork so that he could overcome those challenges. And then I want you to hold on to the promises in 1 Corinthians 2.9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. God doesn't want our dyslexic child to just survive. He has big plans for each of them. We may be limited in our earthly here and now vision, but God sees how he will use our children for his glory. God will work in ways that will be beyond what you and I could ever even imagine. Mamas, you can do this. You can homeschool your child with dyslexia. Thank you for hanging out with us and for joining me for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, Coffee with Carrie Consultant. Don't forget to check out my new book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. 
Now, if you heard something you liked, then share a podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week, or share it with a friend who might also be homeschooling a child with learning differences. And if you haven't already, we would love for you to subscribe to Coffee with Carrie podcasts and take a few minutes to leave a little review. Thank you in advance for listening to us each week and for sharing our podcast, our book, and our homeschooling mom ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, our podcast, and our new book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. Have a great summer and see you next time.